about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. My name is Art Cardos, and every week we get together to talk about how to get a little bit more insight into how to serve the Lord. You know, I call them gold nuggets. I look for these gold nuggets that are laid out before us on a trail, and they are like the the bread. You know, you follow the bread trail, and it takes you home. This is the, the gold nuggets that takes us to the kingdom of God, the kingdom living that is available to all of us. Um, I don't know that a lot of Christians realize that, that they're, they're a, it's, it's made available, kingdom living, living in the kingdom as if you already were in heaven. That is what the Our Father says, that it says, Thy will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. It's not waiting for you, it's there when you get there, but you're supposed to help bring it to the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth. Don't leave that part out. Everybody I talk to seems to think, man, when I die, I'm going to heaven, and then it's going to be great. Well, that's wonderful, but there's work to do right here, right now. The Holy Spirit has a plan for you. God has a plan for you, and he sent his holy divine spirit to help you carry out that plan. Are you seeking his advice every day? Are you seeking the Lord's will in your life every day? God is opening our eyes right now. We we live in special times. We live in times where it's definitely closer to the end than it is to the beginning. And we don't know the exact hour, the exact time, But boy, the signs of the times are here, including all the information flow and the data flow and all that's available everywhere you look. So it's time that we realize that we can continue to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil as Adam and Eve tested out and proved was not a good idea. Or we can return. We can return to the tree of life and the rivers of living water that came through God's word to us. Fortunately for us, in our time, we have the manufacturer's handbook, the Bible, to to reference. Uh, In times past, when there was no New Testament and barely had the Old Testament, Uh, There was not any reference points other than prophets that were in the earth to bring the word of God to the people. And people respected prophets. They knew they were prophets, and they called them prophets, because God chose some people that he could get a message through, and they lived in the earth to get the message through. But then the Bible now is at our fingertips. It's now completely composed, written, put together, and should be in every home, should be in every hand, 
and should be red, uh, just like you bought this brand new uh, kitchen appliance that does everything, and you should read the uh, the Bible, the manufacturer's handbook, to find out what it is, first of all, who you are, and what it is that this earth suit can actually do. You know, what, today I have friends that I'd like to buy cars, and I like cars, and and uh, some of them have brand new Corvettes. And one of the things that Corvette lets you do is they'll fly you out, and you can go out and, to their driving school and learn all the things that that car can do. And these days, Corvettes are way out of control in price, but if you can get one for 130000 or 150000 brand new, that's what they're selling for. That's not what the retail is. You, if you could get them at a dealer, it'd be about a hundred. But they're marking them up. People know. People want them. Now you might say I could care less, and and that's true. But that car does a lot of things that you may not be aware of, and so you wouldn't know it if you didn't read the manufacturer's handbook. And that's the point. The point is, do you know what your Earth suit can do? Do you know what it was designed to do? Um, and, and one thing I'd like to point out, you know, when we, we read about Jesus, we read about the stories and the things that he did. And God spoke to Jesus on a regular, routine basis. And whatever's in the Bible that God said about Jesus, he's saying it about us. He's saying it about you. Because we are joint heirs with Christ. So whenever you read about anything that says this is what Jesus was to do, is to do, did, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Jesus in us is here to continue to do what he did in the earth. He's here to continue to do it. And God spoke about what Jesus was to do, and he spoke about you. Because you and I are supposed to do exactly and greater things than he did. Because now he's with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father to do these great things. So, having said that, what's holding us back? That's right. What's holding us back from doing those things? So I want to talk a little bit about, and I think I did on the last program as well, but I have a little chart here, and I'm going to, it'll be up on the website. The website is armiesforjesus.com. That's a number four. It's on the web, it's on this, if you're watching this video, it's on the bottom of the screen. If you're listening to it on the radio, it's A R M I E S. Uh, with a number four, armies for Jesus, uh, dot, dot com, and you can go there and you'll see this chart uh, that will be up there. Okay, so this chart is something that uh, the Holy Spirit instructed me to put together as a way of explaining to people who really don't care uh, to dig in deep on how everything mechanically works, because we really don't need to know how it mechanically works. If you have faith as a mustard seed and just believe, 
all these things will happen. And it, it automatically uses everything on the chart. But, but today, because of the internet, because of people te teaching about meditation, people teaching about the imagination, people teaching about how you can succeed in life and in business, and leaving out the part about the Word of God. That is what has prompted me to put together a chart like this. Our kids today hear people talk about the law of attraction and how we can attract anything into our lives through the law of attraction. And if you don't know that for, for sure, go on Google and Google it, the law of attraction. You'll see, or YouTube, better yet, YouTube. And you will find all these people teaching some of the weirdest things. And they actually believe they can attract anything they want. And to a degree, they're right. But to a degree, they're also wrong. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that is that people, all of us, have our secret desires of things we want. Now, as you're younger, you want to be accepted. You don't want to be rejected. Rejection is a big thing. Rejection from peers, rejection from groups, rejection, just uh, not sure if you're uh, good enough, nice enough, pretty enough, um, not sure how others perceive you. So rejection is a big deal. So no one wants to be rejected. So people have their, their, their secret ambitions. If you're a kid, it's maybe an ambition to be part of a certain group or to be noticed by a certain group. If you're an adult, it could be the same thing. But it, it could be that you want to have things you think you want in your life, whether, and, and some good examples of that are to be debt free, depending on how, what your age is. Today, in this world, with the amount of money that's in, people are in debt for and the, and the percentages that they charge, absolutely debt free is a great reason to, and that's, that's part of God's will. He wants us to be debt free. But how do we get there? Are, you know, free of any disease, free of p bad diagnostic diagnoses. Um, there are people born with diseases, don't even know why they got it. So we are faced with many situations. So the question becomes, is any circumstance in your mind, not mine, in your mind right now as I'm asking this, in, is there any circumstance, situation, health issue, or money issue that God, the Creator, can't fix? Do you believe there are any? You might say, well, you don't know, boy, how bad it is for me. I understand. But if your mind is secured the position that says there's nothing that can be done for me, whatever it is, whether it's home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual, or financial, if your mind has secured the position that says, nothing can be done for me, then you are right. Nothing can be done 
for you if you've secured that position. It, what you believe and absolutely believe, and it's hard, I get it, because of a, if a doctor gives you a terminal diagnosis, even if it's a, if it's two years from now, it doesn't matter. You, you got, you, your mind has to plant that somewhere. But if you have agreed with that thought, if you have accepted it as fact, <clears throat> well, my question to you is, where does God's word fit in your life? Is it real? Is it above a di bad diagnostic? Is it uh, below it? Is it above or below being de in debt? Is it above or below? Where do we place God's Word? Is God first place, second place, third place, or whatever? Or maybe not even in the race. So that's where we have to start. And we have to realize that Everything in this earth is temporary. It's also a frequency. Everything is a frequency vibrating. The atoms are all constructed and vibrating together at the same frequency, causing there to be matter or mass. And every scientist will tell you that. It's anybody who knows what's going on. And now, today, they teach the quantum mechanics and quantum physics so it's well known, and you can, boy, you want to have fun and, and also get a headache a little bit, go on to YouTube and put in quantum mechanics or quantum physics and listen to some of these guys talk for hours about atoms, electrons, and how they're in a free state. And depending on who is looking at something, they realign themselves based on what you believe you're going to see. That'll give you a headache right there. That if every single person sees something differently because of the way they're looking at it, if the atomic structure begins to act like what you believe you're seeing. Now, that that's we're not talking about that today. I don't want to give anybody a, a headache. But I do want you to understand that when God said, light be, when the Creator created light, He created the quantum world. Light continues to exist and expand at the rate of 165, I forget, 165,000 miles per second or something like that, and keeps expanding. <coughs> NASA, the people who study it, know that the universe is in a constant state of expansion. It is. So we have this awesome ability with this God-given equipment. And I have a formula that is also on, on, the, on the screen. I'll bring it up on the screen, but it's also on the website. And the formula to live in this kingdom and utilize this earth suit to its full potential is to understand first your God-given equipment. You have to understand what equipment you have. If I have a race car, I have to know what motor I have. If I have a motorcycle and I'm in a race, I need to know what I'm up against, right? You need to know what your earth suit equipment is. 
Now, some people have earth suits that have malfunctioned in certain areas, but it won't stop you from the Word of God working because there's different ways God has arranged for you to still participate in God's given in the God-given equipment and using it for yourself. So how does it work? What is your God-given equipment, first of all? Well, you have a mind. You do. You have a conscious mind that is, when you're awake during the day, it's showing you, you have eyes, you have ears, you, <clears throat> you, you can see what's in front of you, but what you see is vibrating at a frequency. And it's holding together at that frequency, and your eyes can see at a certain frequency that allows them to perceive what's in front of you. And it's stuff that stays there, like if it's furniture in your home, it's there every day. You bought it, you put it there, and you don't, you don't, it's not gone tomorrow. It didn't vaporize. Because all the atomic structure of that wood or piece of whatever you bought <coughs> with electrons going around it is gluing together this structure. I'm sitting in a chair that's holding me up. And the reason it holds me up is because the atomic structure is, you know, all vibrating at a frequency keeping me there. So, what we are looking at is we have eyes, we have ears, we have the senses, we have taste, touch. We have all these senses, but more than that, we have another sense spiritually it's a spiritual sense that you, in your spirit, can see things through your imagination that you can't see in the physical. We were designed to operate in different realms, the spiritual realm and the physical realm. So a spirit being that only operates in the spirit world misses out on all of the physical things that happen through living in the physical world. Jesus came, and he bridged both realms. He had lived in the spirit world, and he was there in the beginning. As a matter of fact, there are those of us who believe he was the one when God said, let there be light, he was the mouthpiece for God. <clears throat> that said it. So, Jesus existed before time. He existed before the earth was formed, and he was part of the formation process with God the Father. Then he took on an earth suit, and with God in him, he knew both realms. He was there to create them. But he was reaching from one realm to the other. Why did he do that? To show us how great he was? Or to demonstrate to you and I the way we were originally designed? Adam, before he fell, before the fall, Adam was able to connect to both realms. The heaven realm and the earth realm. He connected to both. Then... Because of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was shut off 
from seeing into the heaven realm. There was two reasons for that. The Bible says he committed high treason. Lucifer is the one who tricked him into eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Lucifer got control of Adam through that tree. If Adam was still allowed to eat from the tree of life, which was the ability to see into the heavenly realm, then Lucifer could have accessed heaven realm through Adam anytime he wanted, because he had control of Adam. So Adam committed high treason because he gave access to Lucifer into that realm. So God had to shut off those senses in the heaven realm so that Lucifer could not access them to use those on on God himself, because Lucifer had rebelled, and there was a big rebellion in the heavens going on. So God had no choice. So that left Adam on his own with the five senses, only what he could see, touch, taste, feel, and hear, right? So there he is stuck without those other senses for the heaven realm. But God wasn't going to leave it there because Adam didn't realize what he gave up. And all of us being descendants in this planet, every human being born has God-given equipment, and that God-given equipment connects us to the quantum world in a way that I'm going to explain again, but in a way that makes the quantum world, the invisible world, work for us just like the physical world. But we have been cut off from seeing that so that Lucifer couldn't access it because he was thrown out of heaven. And he sure wanted back into it. And when he saw how God made man, he freaked out. He always wanted to be higher than God. He wanted to be like God, above God. And here God makes man and woman just like him. Now Lucifer is extremely jealous, number one, because that's what he always wanted. But he wanted to take control of God, which we'll never understand until we actually have that explained to us one day in, in, in heaven. But at the same time, Adam could no longer see into that heavenly realm. Jesus, not being born of a man, was born, got an earth suit. He, God had a way to get into a woman with the word, by faith, and Jesus got an earth suit and was born with the God-given equipment, but had full access back to the heavenly realm, just like Adam did before the fall. So Jesus could access both heaven and earth through his earth suit. And he came that he could get in, that we would receive him and be just like him. So he is the door way to us 
getting the power back to access the heavenly realm. The heavenly realm. So, are we going to use our ability through Jesus to access that realm? Or are we going to just say, well, we'll wait till we go to heaven because I want to actually... I, I don't have time to really investigate this on earth, you know. Uh, I have to play golf. Uh, I got to collect. I got a collection of stamps. I got cars. I got work. I got my family. I got g- good stuff. All of it. God wants you to have it. He does, but he doesn't want you to put it first. He wants you to put him first because everything on this planet that you're looking at right now, that you're enjoying right now, is temporary. Your world, the way you live it, the way you are in it with your family, is temporary. There are those who have lost spouses, I am one, and others who have lost family, who realize how temporary and how short life can be. So what does that mean? That means this is so small compared to eternity. What is eternity? How long is eternity? You, you, your mind cannot fathom, fathom, whatever, the eternal life because it never ends. Never. And according to God's perfect will and plan, once you're into that eternal side of life, you will never be bored. Yeah, you won't be bored. Eternally! Can you imagine that there's so much to learn and enjoy that for all of eternity, eternal, you will be enjoying life. And so, when Adam sinned, he found out through the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he found out that he, his body could die. He had no clue that it would ever end. He was immortal before he ate from that tree. So, a virus, so to speak, was implanted in his head. A virus was implanted in his head, telling him the thought, you're going to die. You're going to one day die. It's going to shut down. You're going to be gone. Which eventually happened in his case, and I think it was 800 and some years later. So, as we perceive who we are, what God-given equipment we have, we have to then understand that limitations were put on that God-given equipment when we unplugged from the heaven realm and plugged into the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There are two choices put before us on where to get our daily fruit. Our daily fruit! Our daily bread. And that daily bread choice affects the outcome of our lives. 
We're going to take a break because we have to. And we'll be right back after this break to talk more about the kingdom of God and the God-given equipment that you and I have in our earth suit and how it works. This is a series because you can't do it all at one time. But you have God-given equipment. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And thank you for staying with us. We are back on part two of how to find out about this God-given equipment. That This earth suit, how does it work? It's interesting, isn't it? The earth suit does a lot automatically for you. I mean, literally, it breathes, <laughs> right? You know, if you don't breathe, what happens? You don't function very long in this earth realm. If you don't breathe... Well, you know, everything sort of shuts off. That's sort of the final thing. It shuts your breath off and bang, you're gone. And God put in us the breath of life. He breathed into us life. When the earth suit takes the last breath, boom, the earth suit drops to the ground. But let's talk about the other components that we have in this earth suit. We have eyes. I know there are people out there whose eyes don't work quite right. But for those of us that have eyes, it's interesting that they're all they're right in the same place for all of us. They're right in the middle there. I, obviously, evolution stopped when it got it right. That's what we, a lot of people want us to believe we evolved. And uh, if that were the case, every human would have parts in different places. But that's a, that's beside the point. We're not we're way past that. We don't believe that. We believe in creation. So, but we have eyes to see. And we have ears to hear. Uh, we have nose to smell. Uh, we have taste, touch. So we have a lot going on just with those senses. Now let's go inward a little. We have the ability to remember certain criteria. Usually you can remember your name, maybe even your address. Maybe your phone number. I'll bet you do remember that if you're giving it out to people. And um, you remember things. You log it into a con what we call the conscious mind. So that conscious mind is like a computer. And it remembers things. Now, we know people that have been in accidents and things like that, and they lose memory. They lose data. They know we know people who drink too much, who kills too many cells and lose data. We know people... As they get older, lose data. 
Okay, so the conscious mind is a type of computer, but it is absolutely amazing the amount of, of uh, what do you call it, hard drive space that a human brain has. Today, we all got excited as we watched computers get bigger hard drives, bigger RAM, more RAM to go faster. But our minds, our minds are amazing. And we use such a small piece of what's going on in there. So we have that ability to remember and log things in. But before we even log it in, we have something really important. It's a filter because we have thoughts that pass by constantly. If you just stop talking and, and let your mind go, there will be all kinds of thoughts. Some are good, some are bad, but thoughts are passing through. Now, if someone comes to you and talks to you, they leave you with a thought. When they leave you with a thought, when they leave you with that thought, they are leaving you with their thought. And you have to choose if you will uh, access that thought, use that thought, believe that thought, or push it away. It is your free will and free choice that it gives you that gate. It's a gate. Is this good for me? Is it something I want to explore? Now, the younger you are, the more um, maybe crazy thoughts entertain you. As you get older, most people don't like get crazy. They're more, more logical. They've been through a lot. But, but it doesn't, that's not always the case either. So you get both sides of this. But there's all kind of thoughts. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil. Satan's so smart, he tries to give you some good logical reason why it's good to do the evil thing. That's what he tries to do. He's trying to give you a thought. Now, that thought didn't make it into your conscious mind yet until you receive it. But the more you're bombarded with thinking, <coughs> you have to choose. <coughs> We're choosing all day long. Now, once you formed an opinion about something, then you kind of dismiss other things. Uh, that's why there's certain certain things that just attract you because you have formed an opinion that you like it. You know, once you know you like ice cream, <laughs> that's an opinion, right? And maybe there's a particular flavor that you like. So if somebody says, I just made homemade chocolate ice cream, and you like chocolate, and you like ice cream, immediately your gate goes wide open and says, wow, am I invited? But if they say some other thing that they made, which you don't like at all, ugh, you block it and don't receive it. That's the free choice, the free will. Now, what happens after we have a thought that's passing through and we, we kind of, it entertains us like, oh, I wonder what that would be like. Well, the next thing usually is you ponder it and your imagination begins to kick in. And there's another thing called self-talk. Talk is real important, man. Faith, I mean, what our words are containers. They contain the seed of what we believe when we speak them. Because what we speak, we also hear. And it goes into our imagination. It goes inward into us. 
We have a huge imagination. I think it's so underrated. No one speaks about it very much. Of course, you could go on YouTube again and put in how to use your imagination. Oh boy, will you get some stuff. Some good. But apart from God's Word, nothing is good. But we're still looking at the equipment here. So we have an imagination. And that imagination can, can causes us to speak more to ourselves about that thought that got into our imagination. We begin to imagine ourselves with that thought. Um, I've heard people already say when they're shopping that they walk in the store and they go, oh, that item, that's speaking to me. Because their imagination just latched onto it and go, wow, what I what could, I could do with that? Or a guy could see a pretty girl and feel the same way. A girl could see a guy feel the same way. And her imagination begins to create a scenario which could be good or bad. But it's free. It's an imagination. It could be anything at that point. So the thought was passing by. We pull in the thought. And we give ourselves a little self-talk and say, boy, I would like that. And begin to speak to ourselves. As we do, our imagination begins to picture. We think in pictures. We think it's become so automatic, you don't even know it. But when you begin that imagination process, it's picturing the end result. Some are good, some are bad. If somebody gives you a bad report, you begin to imagine what it's like for that to occur. Somebody gives you a good report. Hey, you just won uh, $100 million in the lottery. And if you believe it, you're going to go, your imagination's going to go wild trying to think, what can I spend it on, <laughs> right? How can I use it for real? Because now you believe it. So if somebody gives us a health diag diagnosis that we don't like, the imagination goes crazy in a negative way. Imagining the worst, imagining how bad, and imagining a poor outcome. So that imagination can swing either way. And it's very powerful. We have to realize we have something called an imagination. And the more you imagine something, the more you talk about it. If you were, were the one who won that money in the lottery, you began to speak all of a sudden like you have the money to do anything. It changed your whole vibration, your whole frequency, because we vibrate at a frequency. It changed your whole demeanor, they call it. Everything about you changed. Why? Because your confidence changed. Your confidence in the fact that you have the money now talks like a person who can spend the money. I'm going to buy a home in the warm weather. I'm going to have one on a ski mountain. I'm going to have whatever. It doesn't matter. Your imagination. I'm going to buy the clothes I always wanted. I'm going to buy the house I always wanted. I'm going to. I'm going. No longer is it going to be a, a, a question of if you're going to. It's going to be, I am going to. Why? You may not have even picked it up yet. You only have the ticket that says you won. But your faith has kicked in because you're looking at the numbers and you say, I have that money. So your whole vibrational frequency changed because you believe it's true.
And it is. And it will be because you have now taken the simple act of imagining, making it real in your imagination, and speaking and talking as if it's real, and then you're going to go pick up the money and do exactly what you said. <clears throat> That's a process. But the imagination is very important. It plays an important role in what you're logging into your conscious mind. And when you found out you won, your conscious mind logged in, I'm a different person. You can do that without luck, without the lottery. You can do that by reading God's Word and finding out who you are in Christ. But most people do it to a small degree. We're talking about how do we do it to a large degree. How do we imagine ourselves as a joint heir to Jesus, the Christ, who came from the Father, who has everything you'll ever want. And now we have been made heirs with him. Why doesn't our imagination latch on to that? That you, a hundred million or a million, that's nothing compared to the creator that has all the gold, all of everything, and you're a joint heir to share it? If we could believe that, it changes who you think you are, which is a very big component in this whole thing. Who do you think you are? But the imagination will do the work, and it's imagining all day long, every day. It's imagining good or imagining bad. But it's imagining, and you're logging in thoughts. Will this happen, or will that happen? Could this happen? Could that and your imagination will lead you down the road of seeing good and bad things happening in your life. Then, once you've settled in on what you think it is, whether it's good or bad, once you've accepted it as that's just the way it is, it drops into the heart. What's the heart? We hear a lot about the heart. As a man thinketh in his heart. What does it mean? In the heart of man. The Bible talks about it. It is the core. You know, um, other, other religions and other people have latched onto this stuff and named it and like kind of took it away and stolen it. Like, not stolen it because it's available to everybody, but they used it in a way that causes some Christians to say, well, I don't want to be like them, so I can't, that can't be right. But some people call it the solar plexus or the, or the, the center of your being. But it's your, it's, it is absolutely your heart. It's the, not the blood pump. It's not the heart that's pumping blood through your body. It is the core of who you are, of what you believe. It is the heart. So your imagination determines what goes into the mind, and when the mind accepts it as fact, it could be bad or good, then it drops into the heart. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, when it drops into the heart, you have two choices. If it's a negative thing, then you have what I call the RF factor. You're releasing fear through your heart. You're releasing fear out of you. If it's through faith, because you're imagining God's Word, His promises, and you are imagining good things happening, you're releasing faith. 
So there's only two choices. And isn't it interesting? The Bible says, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. So there's two choices. You're either releasing faith or releasing fear. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Why would the Bible say that? Why would it say that? Because all the issues of your life come out of your heart, which originated through your imagination and conscious mind deciding on something to be fact. Drops into your heart. Today, I hear a lot of the youth talking about how they can attract what they want, the law of attraction. Unfortunately, they think they can do that without changing what's in their heart. So what ends up happening is they attract what they think they want, but it's not what they really want. And they don't know that till they get there because you, as a, you get what's in your heart, not what you say you want. A person can say, I want a new car, I want to be debt-free, blah, blah, blah. But in your heart, if you're releasing the fear of not knowing how to get it, which people don't know how, or they don't have it, then if you're releasing the fear, you get more of not having. How does that happen? Because there's another component here, and it's called the creative power of God that's in every human being. He made us in his image and likeness. He has a creative ability to create anything. And it happens when he says it and believes it and imagines it, puts the blueprint to it. Just like you and I, he gave us the same talent that he used to create everything so we could understand how he feels, who he is, and how it works. So the heart connects to another part of us, which is the creative power of God. The world calls it the subconscious. It is a part of us that is directly connected to the quantum world. It's directly connected. So as you think in your heart, it gives orders, sends orders to this creative power to bring to you what you are releasing out of your heart. Are you releasing faith or releasing fear? If you fear something, Job said it, the thing I feared has come upon me. We know as Christians, that by faith, everything is held together. We know that is by faith, Hebrews, right? Faith is the substance of the things we hope for, and it's the evidence of things not yet seen. How does it become evidence? Because in our imagination, we should know by now, if we can see it, in our imagination and believe it, we can have it. And that, is, my friends, is what Jesus said. You, you agree and see it, you can have it. Whatever to agree on. Okay, so we have the ability through this creative power of God, which the world calls the subconscious mind, that's directly connected to the quantum world. It's invisible. It's all at different frequencies. It's atoms and electrons that when you send a signal to them, they form in a shape of what you think you want, whether it's fear generated or faith. And to the degree that you believe it, you will say it again 
and again, and the power of life and death is in the tongue. That's from James. So the mouth plays an important role because as you imagine it, as you log it in, you begin to believe it, and when you speak it again, you speak it with more authority. You speak it with more power, and it goes into the heart with more belief, confidence. The confidence of knowing that the equipment, oh, it works. It's just that a lot of you and I and all of us have used it the wrong way on ourselves. And the only way that Satan, Lucifer, can get anything he wants in this earth is to get you to use it the wrong way on his behalf to bring about circumstances that you don't want, but he wants. God-given equipment. We have God-given equipment. We utilize this equipment, sometimes to our advantage, sometimes not. The quantum world is the spirit world. You can't see it. It's there. It is another realm. It is the root of everything you have in your life. Everything that's in your life right now started through this process. Even if you met your spouse that way, or if you have anything you in your life, everything in your life is rooted in, and came from the invisible spirit. That's where everything comes from. And it becomes material, mass. Go read, go read Einstein's writings. He talked about all that. And he started out not believing, yet he couldn't bring himself with all that he knew to not believe that there was a creator. Because he understood there, for everything he thought he just knew, there was so much he didn't know. There had to be order, not disorder. No big bang out of order. But order, not chaos. Order. Or your eyes wouldn't always be in the same place on every... So... God-given equipment. We have passing thoughts, free will, free choice. We've got a mouth that speaks. We've got an imagination to imagine. We have a conscious mind to log in what we have decided we believe. And when somebody decides they don't believe in a creator, they have just taken false evidence that's been presented to them and believed it. And it might have been presented through their parents and friends and their whole groups of people that they grew up with, taught that to them. That's all they know. That doesn't make it right. It just means they logged it in and became a non-believer of Jesus or, or God because of the way they were structured and taught. And they logged it in as fact. So unless a person is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of God. Because we have the old person that grew up prior to understanding these things with all this logged-in data of who they think or who we think we are. There was a time when you had to come to where you accepted Jesus and the message of faith. When you accepted the message of faith, you then surrendered the old thought process that thought they knew everything just so. You gave it up and you said, Jesus, teach me. We became like a child. We are born again. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And they said to him, what do you mean? Come out of your mother's womb again? 
<clears throat> he's talking about right up here. Same body, but born again. A new part of the brain that goes, oh, the light went on. Oh, there's a different realm. There's the heaven realm. There is the ability to imagine, what will I imagine now? Oh, now we go back to the Word of God. We go back to the manufacturer's handbook. There are promises that Jesus brought to us to imagine, to meditate on, to drop in our heart, to change the full outcome of everything in your life. Because we can decide what to think, decide which thought we're going to take. So now we go to the promises in the Word of God. What are the promises, Art? It's the opposite of the curses. The promises are that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The promises are that I have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. The promises are that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. To renew my mind, to know that I have been made worthy, that God is not mad at me, he has forgiven me and loves me and you just the way you are. If you will simply receive his forgiveness that he brought to you from the cross. So, we are transformed. Our mind changes. We are born again. But now, we have got to, as a baby, feed into ourselves the Word of God. And at first it might be milk, then it gets to be meat and steak. And now I think it's time that we talk about how to put in the full rebirth experience, how we can take God's Word and transform ourselves and our lives. But of course, we're out of time on this program. The whole purpose of this program was to talk about God-given equipment, and I hope it shed a little light on the fact that you're just not a man or a woman, but you are divinely made and you have the opportunity to change every outcome because you're joint heirs with Jesus the Christ. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Be blessed. And we'll talk more about the promises to you. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me, it's about time